Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? D-Mac here. Welcome to the Dodgers Nation post-game show after the Dodgers beat the Mets by a final score of 5 to nothing. The Dodgers get the big win. It was a masterful, a virtuoso, a tour de force, a vintage Kirsch performance tonight, and King Kirsch gets his 200 win. Sorry we had some audio difficulties, but we are back, and we are ready to roll, and we have a lot to talk about for this game because Kershaw, he was outstanding. He shoved seven innings of work, allowed just three hits, had a retired 10 straight at one point. Nine punch outs, no walks, 105 pitches, 81 for strikes. He lowers his ERA for the season down to 252, 19 for 25 on first pitch strikes. And congratulations to King Kirsch, who gets his 200th dub of his career. And we have a lot to get into. We talk about Clayton Kershaw, his fantastic night. We're going to talk about the bullpen because Bruce Dark Gratterall, he looks like he's turned a corner. We're going to talk about this offense and we're going to talk about our player of the the game JD Martinez his best game as a Dodger he goes four for five four RBIs two bombs I was thinking hey are we going to get a four home run game from JD Martinez but in this case it would be in a Dodger uniform but the offense there was some some things that we could spot that we did not like tonight though I'm going to tell you what I didn't like the two for nine with runners in scoring position 10 men left on base the bottom of the order they definitely struggled Vargas Peralta Rojas Williams, Barnes, they combine to go 0 for 13. We're going to break it all down inning for inning, get all your hot takes. But first, let me know where you represent Dodgers Nation from tonight. Give me those cities down below. But thanks for rocking with us, guys. We have Verdell, Newsom, Kershaw, and the team bounce back nicely. Yeah, Verdell, I mean, this is one of those games where Clayton Kershaw, who's always pitched well against the New York Mets, and on the anniversary with Vince Scully, you're giving a Vince Scully jersey out. And Clayton Kershaw, he was outstanding. I mean, if it wasn't for 
the error, the triple error by Jason Hayward. I mean, we could talk about an even more spectacular night because, look, I mean, I like the fact that Clayton Kershaw said, hey, bullpen, don't worry, I got this. Seven innings from King Kersh. Dave Robertson go out there on the mound. And, look, I mean, 30, one stat that really stands out to me, 33 foul balls tonight for Clayton Kershaw. I had some deep at-bats, was working deep in the counts, but the big key for him, getting ahead in the count. The key for him also just pounding the zone, filling the zone with strikes, had the feel for that slider, working at the bottom of the zone, also had the feel for that curve ball which was a big money pitch for him especially early in the game when he was getting himself out of that jam so yeah what more can you say about Clay and Kershaw other than the fact that he's one of the greatest pitchers to ever do it and tonight he shined once again on a big stage in a game that the Dodgers needed they now improve back to 599 they're two games back of the Arizona Diamondbacks that pesky D-back team is first place in the NL West the Padres they're a hot mess a dumpster fire at the moment you got sub 200 hitting Juan So who they gave up the half of their farm system. They also gave up Legoland, SeaWorld, the Channel 4 news team, everything to get him, and he hasn't produced as of yet like they had hoped this season. But let's let's hit these comments, guys. Thanks for rocking with us. As always, I'm looking for one, my player of the game. We're going to start with the player of the game. Who is your player of the game? Because for me, I, of course, I have my Dodgers dog of the night, the Dodger that showed the most dog. And to me, I think that is probably going to go to Clayton Kershaw, that dog, that fire that he showed in this one Kurt but let's go jump in this comment section we got John Porter JD's night will get understated because of Clayton but we congrats them both yeah I mean John Porter hit the nail right on the head it was a big night for JD Martinez and JD is a guy that he has been struggling with the strikeouts and Tonight, it was a different story. I mean, his at-bat quality was fantastic. You saw the one that he hit a home run on earlier in this one. That was on the 10th pitch of the at-bat. And, yeah, it was fantastic. His 19th multi-home run game. First as a Dodger and second home run on the Dodgers. So second most in his extra base hits right up there among the league leaders. What do you guys think of J.D. Martinez? This is a guy that we can trust in the media line to produce because tonight this was the J.D. Martinez that the Dodgers were hoping to get, a guy that's going to match, the guy that has the slug. When they made that signing and a lot of Dodger fans were upset that that meant the end of Justin Turner in L.A., what I tell you, I said that J.T. was probably going to hit more singles because he's going to have a little better bat-to-ball, possibly a higher batting average, but with J.D. Martinez brings is what the Dodgers need, and that is a guy that has always crushed lefties throughout his career. It's a guy that who has an 897 postseason OPS. That's what you need. A 987 postseason OPS. That's what you need. And then also a guy that's going to mash and go gap to gap, hit for some power, and this team definitely benefits from his slug. We're going to break it all down, but give me your initial thoughts because I saw some things later in the game that I like too. How about adding that big insurance round? We're going to talk about Curse. We're going to talk about J.D. Martinez in this offense. We're going to talk about Mookie. I basically I dropped a, a video about my thoughts on Mookie and playing shortstop. I dropped it actually during the game, so go back and watch that one because when I was at the game last weekend covering Jackie Robinson Day, I noticed that Mookie, he was taking extensive, extensive work, doing extensive work at shortstop, taking ground balls, him and Miguel Vargas, and you could kind of sniff something. Yes, Dave Roberts said today that he is the third string shortstop, but it's a very intriguing idea, to say the least. The idea of Mookie bets at shortstop. We're going to touch on that because I want all your guys' thoughts on Mookie playing shortstop in just a second, but here we go. We got Mr. Iggy forcing Dave Vasse reported earlier that Mookie will be playing shortstop tomorrow. Yeah, go check my video. Shout out to Vasse. Talked to him a few times. 
about this post game show world and uh yeah dv we got kevin what up dmag i told you he's going to get a four Cy young kevin yuhas i mean hey if you could pitch like this for the entire season and avoid those il stints who you never know because the reality what i've always said with clay and kershaw is that he still has it. He has absolutely reinvented himself as a pitcher. He's not the same guy that was throwing 95 and 96. He's throwing more slider than fastballs these days. But when you have two plus breaking pitches like he has, when you have pristine command like he has, when you have that fire, that tenacity, that championship, that Hall of Fame grit that Clayton Kershaw pitches with, then you're going to end up on top most days. Like I always say, Clayton Kershaw is a happily married man, but he has himself a slide piece. And that slider is one of the best pitches in the game. When you look at the tunneling, the release of that four seam in that slider, it looks like a fastball and just falls off the table and it fools hitters all game long. But we go. San Diego took another L run in the last one run the last three games. That's from Justin Lamas. What up, Justin, over on YouTube? We got jo Jose on YouTube. DMAC always coming in clutch. Shout out, big homie from Austin. What up, Jose? Appreciate you. Hey, your name, you're from Austin. Hey, pretty much, if you want to be a Dodgers catcher these days, you got to be named Austin. We got Rod Chester, New York from David Sabatini. We got Mondo JJD's bat. It's alive. It's alive. Oh, yeah. I'm looking for my comment of the night. If I see a comment of the night, you're going to see one of these. And that will be my first one of the night because I like that one. You win. If you bring a fire take, anything hot, anything maybe a little controversial, anything just a heaty take, you're going to see one of these. Fire take. If you say something a little sus, you're going to see one of these. Bruh. But let's get right back into it. Diane Schroeder represent from Indian Wells. Fran Lang from Pensacola, Florida. We got Justin Lamas Scherzer, my old friend, coming back tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to talk about, about Max Scherzer and his start tomorrow. His Speaking of it, it being it's alive, his arm came back to life to sign that $130 million contract with the Mets after making a business decision when he was on the Dodgers to not pitch in game six of the NLCS back in 2021. But, hey, let's just be honest. It was electric when Mad Max was pitching for the Dodgers. That team chasing the Giants. How about him going against the Astros with all the boos? How about his immaculate inning? How about him reaching a 3,000 strikeout milestone in Dodger Blue? How about him getting the big save in the clincher in Game 5 of the NLDS? So, yeah, there's still some pretty fond memories. And, look, it was a nice little fling that the Dodgers had with Mad Max. And, look, at the end of the day, it's just fun to watch him pitch. And he's a guy that he went out there and he got that big bag and I'll tell you this much the Mets were bidding against themselves the Dodgers offered him a two-year deal around 75 to 80 million dollars the Dodgers were willing to do that there were no teams out there they were getting close to three years 130 for Scherzer but we know Stephen Cohen money is no object he spends money like a drunken sailor but hey I think it's good for the game to be honest with you we got Verdell Newsom we got um does anybody know if the Dodgers lead MLB in players with multi-home run games? That's a good question. I mean, you got Freddie yesterday with the two. You had Max Muncy with two multi-home run games. Tonight, you have J.D. Martinez with two home runs tonight. So I would probably, if I had to bet without knowing, you know, I, you guys know I bring my facts to the fight, so I'll definitely have to verify that. But I think there's a pretty solid chance because this team, whether you like it or not, they are feast or famine at times. They are boom or bust at times. Yesterday, they get multi-home runs, and they still weren't able to win the game because the pitching didn't 
hold on to its end of the bargain. But this team as a whole, offensively, they've been pretty home run reliant when it comes to their wins. But hey, the numbers don't lie. 32 bombs on the year for the Dodgers. That's second in all of Major League Baseball. Tops in the National League. They only trail the Tampa Bay Rays, who have 41 dingers on the year. But uh, let's get back into the comments, guys. Thanks for rocking with us. Sorry for the little late start. Had an audio difficulty, but we have righted the ship just like Clay and Kirsch on the Dodgers did tonight to get back to 500. Diane Schroeder, Kirsch was fired up. Yeah, he was. I thought... I just thought that at bat there late, you know, the last thing Clay and Kershaw wanted to do was exit that game early. And, you know, he wanted to come out and he's always a guy that's going to go down swinging. But I thought it was it was really big three two pitch to fam. He struck him out there to end the seventh, a swinging strike on a slider bottom of the zone. And yeah, he the thing about Kirsch is he was fantastic tonight. But there were certain at bats, like I mentioned, 33 foul balls on the night for Clay and Kershaw. He ends up throwing one hundred and five pitches. He went into that. He went into that seven inning with 73 pitches. So he throws 32 pitches there to close things out in the seventh. And the way this bullpen has been up and down, it's been a roller coaster ride. It's not the Kenley Fournia adventure anymore, but still there's been some off nights for this bullpen. I like the fact that he goes deep into this game, gives you that length, and you're only asking for the eighth and the ninth for the Dodgers. And we're going to talk about Bruce Dark Gratterall as well. We're going to focus on Kershu also added to his strikeout legacy, nine punchies for Kershaw tonight he's now at 2880 2833 strikeouts for his career that is 22nd all time so 22 for 22 you gotta love that Jim Bunning is next up on the list he passed Lolich but Jim Bunning Next up on that list, Kirsch is coming for you. So, yeah, it's great to see. And Bunning has 2,855. So a little ways away, but he's going to pass him this year. But, yeah, Kershaw's first win, by the way, in case you are wondering, was on July 27, 2008, in a Dodgers 2-0 win over the Nationals. He pitched six shutty, allowed four hits, struck out five, and now you're talking about a guy with 200 wins. And of all the pitchers that have 200 wins in, his, in their career, he has the best winning percentage so quite a feat for Mr. Clayton Edward Kershaw to accomplish that so yeah I'm just happy for the guy it's great to see him go out there and say a 694 win percentage for Clayton Kershaw I'm not the biggest wins and loss guy and I don't want to explain why that I mean it's pretty self-explanatory because one when you evaluate a pitcher it is has a lot to do with one your run support two some factors that you don't have the control of and also when wins and losses were first created by the old statistician Mr. Henry Chadwick, go look it up back in the day. He came up with the stat, and one of the differences back then was the pitcher had to pitch the entire game, and if he came out of the game at any point, he would actually have to change position. So if you want a pitcher to come out of the game way back in the 1800s, you had to go to left field or right field or center field, but uh, I digress. I'm not going to dive too deep into that because there definitely was lots of like tonight, but there's also some things we can point to that not so much. Like I said, two for nine runners in scoring position. We're going to talk about Luke Williams. Night, congrats Congratulations to him getting his opportunity. We're talking about James Altman hitting leadoff. And next, we're going to step into the box and look at this box score before we break things down. But let's jump back into that comment section here. That joke was too funny from Dodgers underscore Chloe. Kevin Juhas, his 12 to 6 curve was filthy tonight. Yeah, Kevin Juhas. I mean, 
There's a couple things to note when you see him throwing that curveball like he did tonight. And when he's doing that, you're seeing him get that leg out in front, hip, move that hip, and just work downhill. And that's how you know, one, he has the feel for his breaking stuff, and then two, he's healthy. And that is the most important thing for Clayton Kershaw is that he is healthy. And you saw right early in the game, Brandon Nimmo reached on an error by Hayward, and that's an error all the way to third base. So you got a runner on third to start the game, and you're thinking, okay, this could be Rocky. They could open the floodgates early on Kirsch. He had a Rocky out against the Diamondbacks, but no, 0-2 pitch. He strikes out Marte with a curveball, just like you said. Next batter, Lindor, 0-2 count. He punches him out with that curveball on the inside corner for the second out. And then 0-2 to Alonzo with Nomo at third. He strikes him out to end the inning. A perfectly located four-seam fastball away. 0-2, he goes fastball, and then curveball then slider slows him down speeds him up and this is a virtuoso moment if I'm a pitcher out there I'm studying Clayton Kershaw on the mound because he's a pitcher he's not a thrower and he's a guy that like Sandy Koufax used to say you want to throw through the glove not through not to the glove he's a guy that can do it all I mean he's had success in his career early where he had velocity with the slider with the the curveball now you're seeing a guy that has pristine command and he locates and he knows how to keep hitters off balance with those pitches so 20 pitches in that first inning for Kersh 18 four strikes so he strikes out the side after that three base error by Jason Hayward Hayward's gonna oh curse a little steak dinner but I thought it was fantastic to just set the tone there and say look this Dodger team we're not gonna spiral okay we're gonna get back to 500 and we're gonna build some momentum but you know they always say momentum is only good as the next game starter well tonight Kershaw said I'm him I'm gonna be that guy I'm Goat Shaw but Kershaw was fired tonight it's from pound for pound over on YouTube that's a fire take even fire emoji might just get the fire take the sound okay sd missing fernando justin Lamas. yeah he's making his way back i've seen some of his highlights mr ringworm mr fernando tat cheats okay you can't spell the padres without p-e-d no i'm just messing i want to see him back i think he's an exciting player i'm not hating we got diane schroeder jd has been working for this and he found it. that's from diane schroeder yeah, I mean, you have to mention, for my player of the game, I'm going to give Clayton Kershaw. You guys tell me, who's your Dodger dog of the game? Dodger dog of the game. I'm going Clayton Kershaw as my Dodger dog of the game. The way he was able to dig deep early on in that first inning, the way he was able to just continue to grind all night long. Still had the feel for his stuff, but also had some deep counts. I mean, I mean, actually didn't have his first three ball count till later, but lots of foul balls against him. But he's my Dodger dog of the night, my player of the game. I'm going Mr. J.D. Martinez, four for five, two bombs, four RBIs, had one strikeout. Even that strikeout, he had a pitch outside of the zone that looked like a ball. So he's seeing it much better. He's getting his timing you're seeing his swing looks as good as that's looked for the Dodgers and he's really put some good swings on balls tonight and he's a guy that he is always working I mean JD Martinez he says it himself that he does not have a natural swing he wasn't born with a natural swing he's always working towards just kind of mastering his approach he talked about it during spring training he had some bad habits when he had the foot injury and he was compensating and he had a little pump and dump action right there now you're seeing a little cleaner bat to ball more like the classic J.D. Martinez that we've seen where he can get to balls, he can mash, but also he can hit for power. So, yeah, definitely what this Dodgers team needs. James Alvin is developing into a great piece for this team. That's from IC. Yeah, let's jump into the box real quick and kind of break down this 
this box score. And we'll talk about James Altman because I think James Altman, a big opportunity for him today. I mean, a couple things about James Altman is some people might not realize this because you see him down the order. He almost appears like a slugger because he's beefy, he's muscular. He's one of the fastest guys in the league. He's currently ranked 25th in sprint speed. He's in the 92nd percentile. Also on base percentage is second behind Freddie Freeman. So it did make a lot of sense for him to be the leadoff hitter in Mookie Betts' absence. And I think, yeah, he showed outside. I mean, he did he had some strikeouts early in this one. And he struck out there in the bottom of the first inning. He struck out on a four-seam fastball looking. But later in the game, even if you look at just the end of that game when they added the insurance run, he was able to bang that base hit there into center field to get that much-needed insurance run there in the eighth. He cranked that base hit to center after Austin Barnes drew a walk and stole second. By the way, amen. I almost passed out. I almost thought it was an, an AI CGI'd version of the Dodgers game to see the Dodgers in the eighth inning at a much-needed insurance run by drawing a walk stealing a base James Altman goes up there cranks a base hit to center wasn't trying to murder the baseball was just trying to put the ball in play hit a line drive and then you got Austin Barnes he's at third base runners on the corners and then Freddie Freeman he's able to bring Barnes home on that sacrifice fly to make it five nothing Dodgers so yeah I mean that's exactly what you want to see at times you want to have different clubs in your bag so to speak and the Dodgers showed during that inning that they are capable of manufacturing runs in a different way I'm not saying to go full-on 60s Dodgers with Maury Wills and Sandy Koufax on the mound get them on get them over and get them in no you want to play for the slug all the numbers indicate yes you outslug your opponent you're going to win over 80 percent of the time but still to have a different dynamic to be able to go to a different approach when you're struggling when you're going through a drought I think that's something that this team needs to continue to develop and emphasize throughout the course of this season but let's jump back in the comment section guys give my big takeaways who's your Dodger dog of the night who's your player of the game any hot takes I'm looking for I'm looking for the comment of the nights guys uh, Doug I like slugging LA our second in the majors in home runs I know Justin Lamas what up man Trace Hayward season how you doing my man uh what up dmac great win today a great win for the dodgers i mean clay and kershaw big night offense you're seeing the slug jd martinez i think in the absence of will smith and right now will smith they retroactively placed him on that concussion il the earliest he could return was Thursday. Well, it's looking like he's not quite there yet. He's still working his way back. He still has to check off some boxes as far as some testing. So it could be some time. And with him out, you're going to need to see J.D. Martinez. You're going to need to see Freddie Freeman continue to do what he's doing. So definitely some encouraging encouraging developments from the meat of the Dodgers lineup in the first two games of the series. Freddie yesterday, even Freddie today, even Freddie today, jumping into that box score, you saw the sacrifice fly. Early, I mean, late in the game, you saw him get on base and hit that single early that kind of got the, uh, the offense going there, which was big at the bottom of the first inning. Bottom of the first inning, James Alman struck out on that four-seam fastball away, but Freddie Freeman, first pitch single to left. And then right after that, J.D. Martinez, two-run shot to center, 438-foot bomb, put the Dodgers up 2-0, good guys up early. And how about that at-bat from J.D. Martinez? The 10th pitch of that at-bat, he fouled off four straight four-seam fastballs, and then he got a slider on the 10th pitch, middle-middle, and he did not miss it. Just Dingers hits a dong, second bomb of the year. 
there. And after that, 3-2 pitch Max Muncy. He takes ball for a low for a one-out walk. And then Hayward flies to right for the second out. Then Vargas struck out looking for the third out. Vargas defensively I love the play he made late in this game he gives my defensive gem of the night my web gems shout out to ESPN uh, back in the uh, late 90s early 2000s Miguel Vargas leaping that catch that double play caught it and went right to first a double of Alvarez that ball was hit hard great tying by Miggy Varg and after we've seen him make some good plays and also look a little green at second. Nice to see those instincts there. That's the most important thing. So I think defensively, he definitely made a nice play there and gets my defensive play of the night. But offensively, he continues to struggle. 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. Had some opportunities in this one. His batting average now down to 186. What are your thoughts on Miguel Vargas? Now, let's jump back in the comments section, guys. Thor better bring his bag of tricks tomorrow. That's from Diane Schroeder. We got Justin Lamas. I like our slugging this year. Oh, there you go. <laughs> D-Mac, what up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mac, D-Mac, Dodgers, Chloe. Hey, great win from morale tonight. We needed something like this. Carrot from uh, David over on YouTube. Careless Whisper, congrats to Kershaw. Everyone dropped me a congrats, Kersh, a goat emoji for Mr. Clayton Edward Kershaw getting his 200th win of his career. A whole lot of Ks for the goat, nine punchies. Uh, this was... We got Dylan Hare. This was a closer to a complete game, pitching and offense. Still left some risk, but a step in the right direction, like seeing Gradrall striking out three batters. But yeah, we got uh, King Gon says, anyone notice how we never see D-Mac and Will Smith in the same place? Are you sure about that, King Gon? Because there's a vi I've interviewed him. I interviewed during spring training. We posted that on our social media. Maybe I'll lead the show with that next time so you could see that I'm actually not Will Smith. Uh, but uh, if I was... That'd be cool to be a, the greatest catcher in baseball right now. The greatest all-around catcher, Smitty. Get well soon, my man. Eddie, go Dodgers. I be stroking. Uh, Chris, what up, I be stroking? Craig Osterberg. When the top of the line hits, Dodgers win. Craig Osterberg. And that is true, but also is a concern. You want a longer lineup. You want more depth to this lineup. And with Mookie out, Will Smith out, yeah, guys are going to have to step up. But, yeah, that was the issue for this team last year. You had the head of the snake, the tip of the spear in trade. Turner in Mookie Best, Trey Turner and Freddie Freeman. But other than that, a lot of guys have up and down years. I mean, Will Smith was absolutely consistent, but I think for this team to have sustained success in the postseason, you're going to need contributions from guys down in that order. I think it has the potential with James Alvin, I think, being an upgrade at the plate to Cody Bellinger at some point. I mean, Bellinger has kind of figured things out, so I'm happy for him. We'll see how both of those seasons turn out, but I think you look at at Outman's swing. It's a shorter, more compact swing. Pitchers are going to adjust to him. They're going to find his problem areas, and we're going to see how he deals with his first big slump, and that's inevitable, but still, I do like my chances with James Outman. Then, of course, you have a bounce-back Max Muncy, a Max Muncy who is right at the top of the league when it comes to home runs. And he's going to have a bounce back here. I mean, Max Muncy, seven bombs. That's tied for second in the league. Is behind Dev I mean, he's tied with Devers for second behind Patrick Wisdom, who, of course, he's gone on the tear lately. Hit, I think, three home runs against the Dodgers. And then Pete Alonso, the polar bear, who leads the league with eight. So, yeah, I mean, you love what you've seen from Max Muncy. And tonight, I think Max Muncy, it was great to see him draw those walks. I mean, three big walks for Max Muncy. We know he's Max Muncy, as in S-E-E, -E, because of his eye there. So, great to see him there avocado says captain kershaw blue heart emoji mr iggy four miggy vargas is still dealing with that thump in thumb injury yeah i mean 
And once he gets cleared to go full swing, he'll be a game changer. I know he will make big contributions to this team. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Iggy 4. The thing about this team is he is going to absolutely get a runway. He is absolutely going to get a big opportunity for this team. And I agree with you. I think Miguel Vargas is going to find his swing, find his stroke, and get hot. I mean, you saw him hit that extra base hit over the weekend that led to the walk-off by David Peralta. You saw him start to get singles. And look, at the end of the day, he is still taking his walks. And when a guy is able to see the strike zone like that, you feel good about that. I mean, currently he's, I mean, what if I told you almost two, three weeks, three weeks into the season Miguel Vargas was tied for fifth with 14 walks you feel good about that but you definitely want to see him up that slug get some more extra base hits because at the moment two doubles in 43 at bats one triple and he has yet to go yard so yeah I think you'll see him pick it up and remember James Altman, a little more mature, right? 25 years old. Mar- Miggy Vargas, 23 years old. So he's going to need some time. Altman is so good from Trace. We got this team is missing someone like Hanser from Rob Marvin. We got Goat Kirsch from Daniel Macy. Great win, Fire Roberts. Here's the first Fire, Fire Roberts. Now this team is missing Kike. That's from Brady Horton over there. Uh, do you think Dave Roberts is going to get us this chip this year, Isaac Garcia? I think if you think that Dave Roberts is the difference in this team winning a championship, I don't know. I just I think this every decision that's made in this organization is very calculated, very thought out. You have a collaborative effort with Andrew Friedman, the analytics department, the scouting department. A lot of these guys are involved in these decisions. Now, will Dave Roberts do a good job in unifying these guys and galvanizing and motivating them? That's a different story, and we'll see. I mean, just look at last year. I mean, was that Tyler Anderson, his decision? We'll never know if we're being completely honest, but I think Dave Roberts is a guy that Look, I don't think he's going to lose this World Series. I think at the end of the day, this team's success or failure is going to come down to what pieces they add, how aggressive they're going to be in trying to bolster this bullpen, trying to add to this lineup. I mean, if Mookie Betts goes to shortstop and let's say he plays there for a sustained amount of time, because you never know. I mean, Chris Taylor has an oblique injury. He's going to avoid that IL stint, but still, he's a guy that's been banged up. He's also a guy that, like I said at the top of the show, five hits, four home runs. Very two true outcome. A lot of strikeouts and he's hit some home runs. Miguel Rojas, who his defense is definitely really, really good, but offensively, it's tough to expect him to be anything less than a below average hitter. So if they like their outfield depth and they get contributions from Peralta and Hayward and and Trace Thompson, I mean, maybe you kind of go with that depth in the outfield and see if you play Mookie Betts. I mean, a lot of guys say you always want to play your best eight or nine players. And offensively, if this team's struggling to score runs, maybe it is something they consider. I mean, I just find it hard to believe they're going to go with him full time. But still, if they do, it would be something very exciting. I mean, Mookie Betts is a guy that he's athletic. He can make the throws. He has a rocking arm, but we'll see. Uh, J.D. Martinez as your player of the game. Craig Osterberg. Diane says her player of the game is Clayton Kershaw. We got uh, Kershaw is Zaddy. That's from Christian Ray. That's a comment of the night. Uh, David Sabatini. Great win for morale tonight. We needed something like this. I agree with you. Looking good tonight. What a boomer assassin. The, the, the team was looking good. I think they were good. I think it was another example for the millionth time in his career that Mr. Clayton Edwards Kershaw put this team on his back and led this team to victory and I think that game really was won there early in the first inning able to get himself out of that jam Jason Hayward 
who a multi-time Gold Glove Award winner, I think a five-time Gold Glove Award winner. He goes out there, has the air, and look, things happen, but still, Clayton Kershaw, 20 pitches, 18 for strikes, strikes out the side. That absolutely set the tone for the evening. Now, the Dodgers did miss some opportunities. We're going to keep breaking it down. I'll give my takeaways, but let's get back into the mix. We got I Got Gems. Miguel Rojas is... Uh, free, free. I don't know. Hashtag win for Vin. Yeah, throw a win for Vin out there. Andrew Phillips over on Facebook. Roger Kennard. What up, Roger? Great game by Tony Crenshaw and JD Martinez. I now believe 90 to 92 wins might take the NL Western Division. Let's go, Dodgers 2023. Roger, the Los Angeles Dodger. I like that. I mean, I picked 97. I was a little brazen, a little bullish on my prediction, but this team's weakness clearly is the bullpen. But we haven't even talked about bruised our gratter all yet which we will get to um we got uh yeah trace dmac miguel rojas left the game due to a hamstring issue he has been is uh, injured a lot to start the year dkm dmac what up dmac what up dkm dodgers chloe dmac thought it was a chat g PT controlling the game. That's a good, that's a fire take. But yeah, Trace, getting back to your question, you watch the show regularly, and you know that is one thing that I mentioned, is the fact that if you're 34 years old, playing that shortstop position, a very physically demanding position, and Miguel Rojas, this is not the role that they intended for him. They didn't trade for him to be the everyday shortstop, to be the guy that was going to get 80% of the reps at that position. They traded for him to be a better version of Hanser Alberto, and not even offensively, more defensively, and he's been thrusted into this role, and he's already dealt with a groin injury. He's already dealt with a hamstring injury. He dealt with some cramps. I think it's pretty... It's pretty hard to believe that they're going to get a full season from him if they wear him down. We're only in mid-April, and he's been banged up as much as he has. I mean, he dealt with with cramps and a leg injury and little knickknack stuff during spring training. Now... It's something to consider now. Mookie Betts, full-time shortstop. I mean, that is something that I think would really shock the baseball world to an extent. But Mookie, he's a natural. I mean, he actually came up as a shortstop in low A, but he was a little more natural at second. So he actually went from short to second to right field. And in right field, he turned into a six-time Gold Glove Award winner. So I think he has the range. I think he has the athleticism. But I think one of the cons would possibly be it is physically demanding. You do have to be extremely locked in. I mean, it's one of the most important positions on the field. I'd argue that it is the most important position defensively, especially in this day and age where you have the restriction on the shift. You have to be a little more rangy. You have to cover more territory. You can't just utilize the shift like they did for so many years with Corey Seager and put guys in spots where they can get to ground balls. And also, yeah, you're running to base runners. I mean, thankfully, you have the bigger bases, the pizza box bases. Hopefully, that reduces the risk of that to a degree. But still, it's something to consider. I mean, if you move him to shortstop and he struggles offensively, I mean, would that take its toll? I think Mookie Betts is the guy, though. You see, you always say, Mookie, I'd rather see him hit 300 than bowl 300. But still, bowling is his passion. I've talked to Mookie about this. Bowling is his passion. Baseball is his passion. But also, he loves a challenge. And anytime that he pours his heart into something, he gives it 110%. 
And I think a guy that likes to stay engaged and stay stimulated, and we know that playing second base does that for him. Well, if you play third base or if you play shortstop, that's going to take that to a whole nother level. He'd be the talk of Major League Baseball if he's out there making big highlight plays as a shortstop. So we got some goat emojis from Brady over on YouTube, Michael over on YouTube, Daniel over on YouTube. What up, Daniel? We got Miggy. His name is Miguel EB. Yeah. Teammates call him Miggy. Um, uh, Boomer, not happy with uh, MV Arg. Uh, we got dude was heralded as a great batter. Did he live his at bat? I think there's a couple of factors here. I think Miguel Vargas clearly sees the ball well. You see that with his walk total, but also he's young. He's 23 years old. He's still adjusting to big league pitching. Sometimes you're seeing, I think the thing with Miguel Vargas that, uh, that I look at too is, look, I mean, He's a guy that has not like last year, even when he came up and he didn't light the world on fire. If you look at his exit velocity numbers, they were still impressive. I mean, he was hitting that like over a 92 mile per hour clip. He was still scorching the baseball, but had a low Babbitt. And also you look at defensively outs above average. It's the right place. Chase rates are right place, but average exit velocity was in the 43rd percentile this year. But if you look at his expected batting average, it's at 76, the 76 percentile. Expected slug in the 66 percentile. So he's hitting 200 against fastballs this year. Two, no, 240 against fastballs, 200 against breaking balls. So you're going to see him start to adjust, and the numbers indicate that he is due for some positive regression to the mean. So let's get a longer sample size for Miguel Vargas. And like I said, there are some positives. He has made some highlight plays at second base. We pointed out the one earlier tonight in today's game. He, has, he was the guy that was the catalyst for the walk-off win on Saturday. He gets that big double. He also showed that speed in sliding into third into home into home to get that win. So that big slide at home, great send by Dino Ebel. So he has had some positive moments. Let's not act like he's been a bust or anything like that. It's just a work in progress, and that is the process for young players. But uh, Muncy looks like he got his confidence back at the plate. Ghost Cat 69. That's a fact. We got. Uh, Munchie homers all the time, and we're living for it. We got let's forget Trey Slamson Dukies. That's from hit that like button for DMAC. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. Appreciate you, man. Blessed to see Goat Kobe. Blessed to see Goat Kershaw. And blessed to hear Chick Hearn and Scully. J Kid 323. Yeah, when you put it like that, I mean, we're really blessed as LA sports fans to be exposed to all this greatness here, broadcasting and just witnessing these athletes night in and night out. Um, we got, uh, hey, DMAC, can you and Clint do Vince Scully's famous words before a Dodger game someday? DK, that'd be pretty awesome. I would love to do that. Um, but, yeah, back into this game, we got fired rotisserie chicken. We got almost every team coming out of the NL got hot near the end. Washington Braves, Phillies, they all started slow and played well at the end of the season. I think we could be headed that way. John Palmer, yeah, there is something to that. I mean, there's something to be the hottest team in the, in the game and just finding that in the postseason, finding lightning in a bottle. And I think, too, that layoff didn't help anyone. But Dougie Fresh, Bellinger batting 302. That's from Michael Negretti over on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, you got to tip your cap to Cody Bellinger. I mean, the Dodgers really ignited a fire because heading into that season, into that series, he really was struggling. But you saw he robbed Jason Hayward, had the big double the first night. He get the home run and almost hit another one. 
on uh, earlier in against Andre Jackson, which was a cookie that he just missed. And then he had that four hit game against Oakland. So yeah, happy for Bellinger. We'll see if he can sustain it, but yeah, uh, we got will Miguel Vargas win a gold glove. I mean, I think it's possible. I mean, I think the, what he's considering the fact that he has never played a inning at second base to start his career, the fact that he's already showing this kind of promise and these kind of instincts. Yeah, I think it's possible, uh, but he's a guy that he wants to focus in on what he can do at the plate. I remember asking Miguel Vargas in spring training in 2022, what is your favorite position to play? And he said the batter's box. So he's a guy that likes to hit, but a win for Vin for Dodgers, Chloe between Scherzer and Syndergaard, who is going to give the most runs. Let's just say Scherzer for the sake of this show. Nice. Where to? All right, let's jump back into this game. So bottom of the third inning, JD Martinez, 19 multi home run of the game. He hits Another bomb. Max Muncy draws his second walk of the game. How about that pitch clock violation there by Miguel? Hayward singled up the middle. And then Muncy ends up at third. Fan booted it. Hayward ends up at second and base hit in two errors. Not a bad throw. Not a good play by McNeil to try to catch it on a one hop. Muncy was going and to going to stop until Fam kind of kicked it there. So they weren't able to score. They weren't able to score, though. I mean, the Dodgers really had an opportunity to kind of pour some more runs on this game in that inning, kind of make this one a laugher. But they just weren't able to uh, to uh, continue that inning. I mean, they, the defense was pretty sloppy for the Mets there. But Vargas... He flies out to left there with runners on second and third. So they get one run on two hits there in the third inning. And then a lot of missed opportunities. Bottom of the fourth, Peralta flied to center for the first out. Rojas drew a four-pitch walk with one out. And then James Alman, he gets a broken bat single to center to keep things going. And then runners on the corners, two outs. Freddie Freeman at the plate. Freddie lines one to center, gave it a ride, but right into the glove there for the third out. So Dodgers, runners on the corners, two outs. Freddie lined to center. So... Had some opportunities. Then bottom of the fifth inning, Martinez reached on an infield single. 2-0 count to Muncie. He singled to right. Then Dodgers on first and second with no outs. Hayward flies to center for the first out. Then Vargas, he drew a five-pitch walk to load the bases. Then Peralta struck out swinging for the second out. And bases loaded. Luke Williams, I was praying for this guy. I was like, let's have your moment, my man. He ends up flying out to end that inning. So Dodgers had a big opportunity. Bases loaded there, couldn't scratch any more runs. Then bottom of the seventh, Martinez struck out looking for the first out. Then back-to-back walks for the Dodgers, 0-2. Then 0-2 for Miguel Vargas. He strikes out on three pitches, a nasty sweeper there by Brigham. And then Peralta struck out swinging on that sweeper for the third out. So didn't love the strikeouts for the Dodgers tonight in some of these key situations. I mean, they scored five runs. They allowed no runs. But still, I mean, this is a game where they theoretically could put seven or eight runs across. I mean, they end up on the night just having opportunities that they just weren't able to capitalize on. They left 10 runners on base to go two for nine with runners in scoring position. Outman, he comes through with runners in scoring position, but Vargas over two, Hayward over one, Freeman over one, and Peralta over two. And like we said at the top of the show, over 13 from the bottom of this order. Vargas, Peralta, Rojas, Luke Williams, and Austin Barnes combined. So really, J.D. Martinez, he carried the game. If you look at the box score, Hayward goes one for three. Muncy goes one for one with three walks. J.D. Martinez four for five with two bombs and one strikeout. Freddie Freeman one for four. 
and then Outman, two for five, did have three strikeouts. So, yeah, the strikeouts, he's been able to keep that number under 30%, which is what you want to see. It's around 27, 28% now. So you want to keep him, keep that manageable for him. So, yeah, that was kind of the big key. And really, yeah, we talked about Austin Barnes and that, that, uh, that walk that led to a stolen base in the eighth that ended up giving the Dodgers an extra run there. And, uh, yeah, the only thing I didn't like really was the bottom of the lineup not producing. Didn't do much with runners in scoring position, but really Clayton Kershaw. We talked about the seventh. I mean, after that first inning was really cruising, I mean, top of the second gets canned to ground to short for the first out. Just another one, two, three inning. Um, top of the third, Escobar fly to right. Nito fly to right. Nemo fly to left there. Three outs, one, two, three inning on eight pitches there in the third. Top of the fourth, he strikes out Marte for his fourth punchy. He had a retired 10 straight at that point. And then Lindor gets a one-out infield single. So you're talking about singles, all singles, not a lot of hard contact. Then Alonzo flights right for the second out. Canna grounded to the pitcher for the third out. Great play there by Curso. He had retired 10 straight before that single to Lindor. Then another one, two, three in the fifth. And then... Yeah, man, he, Clayton Kershaw was cruising tonight. Just a virtuoso masterclass by one of the greatest pitchers to ever, ever tow the slab in Clayton Kershaw, and he was great. I mean, you saw it came out there for the six. He gets uh, Mar- he gets Nito strikes. He strikes out Nito swinging there with a slider on the inside corner. Gets Nemo to line to left and gets Marte to ground down. Then we already broke down that seventh inning there. Just fantastic. But let's jump back to the comments section, guys. I want all your thoughts on Mookie playing short. Let's tip some water here. Get some comments tonight. You win. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Yeah, John Palmer, exactly. I mean, that's kind of the point I was trying to make. If you look at Vargas, Babbitt at 250. Shows at least 40 to 50 still to come on his average. And then you consider those predictive stats. The expected batting average, expected slug. He is going to turn around. I'm very confident in that. Kershaw, 200 wins. Lardog, yeah, we broke that all down. Clayton Kershaw, 200 wins. Of all the pitchers that have amassed 200 wins, Clayton Kershaw right up there with some of the greats. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what a, I mean, it's, I feel it's, it's pretty amazing that he's been able to accomplish – this and the longevity and the fact that he's reinvented himself throughout his career. I think that's been spectacular. He's now the 117th pitcher in Major League Baseball history to reach that 200-win plateau. So, congratulations. He is a certified GOAT. Nothing's going to change that. I just asked for one more World Series title and let me get greedy and get a World Series MVP somehow, some way, and that can make up for what happened there in 2017. But let's get your hot takes. Give me your hottest Dodger take right now, and uh, we're going to get out of here pretty soon. But thanks for rocking with us, guys, here after the Dodgers get the big win. What do you think about Mookie, the shortstop, David Sabatol? It's intriguing. Uh, what, is, what did the old, what did my man Plato say back a billion years ago? He said, necessity is the mother of invention. And if Chris Taylor is injured, Luke Williams is a guy who's played four games at shortstop at the big league level in two years in the show. He played, we saw him play shortstop. We saw him play third. He was raking down in AAA at 1151 OPS, but 
Yeah, I think if Mookie can handle it, if he's open to it, I think the injury risk is there, but the injury risk has always been there. I mean, last year he broke his rib playing, running into Cody Bellinger in center field. He ran into Jason Hayward, hurt his ankle. I mean, injuries happen all over the field, but yeah, there's a lot of wear and tear at that position. That definitely is something that crosses my mind, but we'll see. DMAC double ratings of the other show. Ray Barrio. Oh, yeah, my bad. I had another show, uh, but the audio didn't work. So we redid this stream, but thanks for rocking with us, my man. Uh, J.D. Martinez won the game 3-0. Absolutely. BC, J.D., 4 RBI, D-Mac. Crush. Thanks, David. Well, thanks, my man. Uh, appreciate you guys. You guys are crushing the comments. Like I always say, it's your show. I'm just hosting it. So give me those hot takes. Would you guys really like the idea? Because, look, here's another thing, too, is, look, I do th- – I mean, it is – if you look at this team – they were getting before tonight a 143 average batting average from the shortstop position. That is by far the weakest when it comes to offensive production of any of the positions on the field for the Dodgers. And yeah, Tim Anderson is, of course, some guy that we've talked about. I feel like everyone in the base in the Dodger world is trying to mention Tim Anderson now. You guys know we've been talking about that since last summer. Uh, Willie Adams, we talked about that since last summer when we were on the show talking about Trey Turner probably signing to the Phillies. And yeah, that's exactly what happened. But you have to realize that is such a premium position. And especially now more than ever, when defense in a glove first shortstop is definitely has its pros. But Willie Adamas and Tim Anderson, they can produce at the place. I mean, Willie Adamas is having another great year. And the Brewers, they're clearly going to try to go for it. And they still are not going to be sellers. And at this point in the season, you just don't see that many trades. And especially, too, when you consider the fact that you have the expanded postseason, the three wild card teams. Teams are going to hold out until the very end to see if they are going to be sellers. So the point I'm trying to make is that with a very difficult schedule coming up, the Dodgers, lots of tough road games. You got the Braves, you got the Padres, the Rays. I mean, you got the balanced schedule. You're playing everyone 13 games. There's not going to be an elite hitting shortstop walking through that door anytime soon. So, Mookie, it definitely makes some sense if he can hold it down. And it's it's a tough ask to ask a guy who's never played shortstop at the big league level to not only play that now, but, but do it in a season where you don't have the shift. But I think if there's one guy that you could trust that could figure it out, I think it'd be Mookie Betts. But here we go. No Mookie at short. We need his arm in the outfield. Knuckles, triple seven. Yeah, look, I mean, I've also said in the past that one of the reasons why he has six gold gloves is he's got that outfield assist arm. He has a rocket throwing frozen ropes. So that definitely is something you want to consider too. And also, look, I mean, he's a guy that's padding that Hall of Fame resume as a right fielder. It sounds like you're changing his brand, but I'm telling you, let's say he goes to shortstop. He plays great there and he produces offensively. He really hasn't gotten going. He's in, his numbers aren't terrible. It's still 23, 24% above league average. He hasn't gone on a tear like we've seen and do in the past if he does that i mean i think he would garner some mvp consideration but when you get to this super chat my man appreciate you commenting on that super chat daniel vaquez uh vaquez 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 let me know if i'm pronouncing right i'm probably butchering it but uh when are we getting dmac bobblehead at dodger stadium <laughs> i don't know about dodger stadium man that would be a lot would have to happen i mean a lot would have to happen for that man maybe i can maybe uh make my own bobblehead and go to bring it to dodger stadium and just give it to you uh, as a one-on-one a one-of-one and maybe we could do that and we'll work something out how's that sound appreciate you though ta7 will save the dodgers trace hayward season 2022 one thing i love about you mr trace hayward is you always find these guys that you get on and i can tell they 
you're you're obsessed about these guys. They're running through your mind 24-7, and I can tell you're doing everything you can to LeVar Ball to manifest TA7, Tim Anderson on the Dodgers. So I appreciate your hustle there. And look, I think he's a guy that... If you want to move Mookie down the lineup, Tim Anderson's a guy that hits lead on. He does bring that bat-to-ball dynamic. Of course, he has been known to be the Babbitt merchant. We were talking about Babbitt earlier with uh, Vargas. He's a guy, 399 Babbitt, but still continues to produce. Is banged up, but... Uh, We'll see, because I think that their owner in Chicago is a little delusional as far as how he evaluate, evaluates and assesses his own team and what he has. But hopefully, Kirsch hits 3K. I hopefully, I hope he does. Pros. I mean, what more? What more can this guy? really look to accomplish. I mean, you're talking about a guy in, in Clayton Kershaw where, hey, the way he's going, that's that's another reason why I just don't think it is the last year for Clayton Kershaw. I mean, you're talking about a guy, 2,833 strikeouts, 167 strikeouts away. So Clayton Kershaw is definitely within the, the realm of possibility. It's For me, it's just about avoiding major injury at this point because if you look at even last season, 228 ERA last year. Look at his expected ERA, expected FIP. That was his best years numbers wise since pretty much 2017, six years. And really, if you look at pitchers that had pitched with a minimum of 126 innings, he's right there in the top five to 10. So, yeah, I mean, as long as he's healthy, he can go out there and produce. Last year in 126 and a thirds innings, he had 137 strikeouts. So, yeah, I mean, I don't see him doing it this season, but if he comes back, has another good year, next year could be definitely the year where he eclipses that 3,000 strikeout plateau. But here we go. Lux is another 300 hitter badly missed from BC. I'd be stroking. Get ready for a parade if the Madres snap their losing streak. That's a fire take. Fire take. Uh, who's your favorite Dodger player? Empre. Uh, I've got to go with... Uh, yeah, I mean, this guy, sometimes sometimes I just fall for players, I have to admit. I'm going Austin wins. Austin wins, man. First of all, I like, you know, he, he was already on board with the Peralta freight train, gets a double RBI. So give me Austin wins. Who's your guy's favorite Dodger? How about that? We'll end the show on this one. Thanks for rocking with us here on the Dodgers Nation post-game show. Kirsch gets his 200th career win. Uh, D-Mac Crush. Hey, thanks, David. Man, I really appreciate that. That bobblehead would be epic. Craig Osterberg. How about a Craig Osterberg bobblehead? I'd like that, too. Uh, this Reset isn't going well, as well as Friedman thought. There's always some of those guys who bait me into a conversation. I would love to have Friedman, Hank, and yeah, I'll give my thoughts on that just briefly. I think there might be something to what you're saying, and I think Friedman has banked on some of this player development, some of these reclamation projects that they've hit on, and by the way, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Bruised R. Gratterall's night because, yeah, it's a perfect example. I mean, he, he's looking for the Bruised R. Gratterall's to turn to turn things around. Guys that basically fell into their lap in the Mookie Betts trade. Alex Vesey, I think, needs a few weeks down at AAA like he's had in previous seasons to kind of get right. Victor Gonzalez has a pit, talked some guys down there. He has pitched very well. He's in great shape. But, yeah, Bruzar Gratterall, give him a lot of credit tonight, too. Last couple games, you're seeing him get more comfortable using that slider. Bruzar Gratterall tonight, he ends up – and the soft contact's always there. How about Evan Phillips, too? Evan Phillips went in there, and he pitched one. He gave a one-hit but still, I mean, you're seeing less strikeout from him, but he's still getting it going. Then, yeah, I mean, I think the bottom of the ninth, one, two, three from Bruce Dar Gratterall. You got Marte striking out, struck him out swinging. A nice slider there, bottom of the zone. Marte Lindor, 
uh, no, actually, he got Marte's sinker right there, but was just pounding that sinker in the zone. And then he got Mar Lindor there with that slider, and then he got Alonzo to fly it around the first pitch, using that four-seam fastball up in the zone. So you can see what they're doing with Bruce Dark Gratterall. A little more four-seam fastball, challenging hitters up in the zone, and then you'll get that soft contact with the two-seamer and get that swing and miss to keep hitters on bounce with that slider. So I'm not selling my Bruce Dark Gratterall stock, but to get back to your question about Freeman, and this rebuild, I still think that the first part of the season was always going to be about assessing what they have. They assumed they were going to have Gavin Lux. They don't have that. So, look, the reality is that when you're operating from a position of pretty much no leverage after a key player goes down and you're at the beginning of the season, you're going to have to part ways with a lot of prospect capital to get an impact player this early in the year. And Andrew Friedman is not the guy that's going to sell off his players, trade off his players for pennies on the dollar. He's going to want to get a, at the very least, a fair trade. So he's going to allow this market to develop. And then two, I think there's always going to be their eyes on the Otani basket too. So they are the Otani golden goose. So I still think it's still too early. We'll see. But as far as the town up and down this roster, there are some glaring needs. And I think the bullpen, like I've said, they trade, they kind of treat this bullpen like it's leftovers. They don't treat it like it's this big meal where they're trying to create an entree, a five-star dish or anything like that, and they try to get by with Dr. Pryor and this pitching lab. But, yeah, I still think it's too early to tell because we'll find out how aggressive this team's going to be because I think if this team shows potential and guys like Dustin May who needs to pitch better, miss more bats. And guys like Tony Gomson pitch well, and Kirsch and Syndergaard continues to pitch solid. And Julio, if they think they have a World Series winning team, I expect this team to be aggressive and try to address their needs at the deadline. I'd be shocked if Andrew Freeman would be content in having Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts at the peak of their powers in their prime, having won just one postseason game. Because right now, that's how many postseason games Mookie and Freddie have won. So what's the point of signing Freddie and Mookie if you're not going to go for it? So those are just my thoughts on that. But some final thoughts on tonight. Clay and Kershaw, tip of the cap. Shout out to our sponsor, Hornitos. Hornitos, the best tequila in the game. Proud sponsor of the Dodgers Nation post-game show. And they're the best tequila in the game. We've got some gifts that my guy Cody Lou has cooked up. You're not going to want to miss those. We've got some new gifts. If you like this one, you like that one? You're going to like the ones coming up. Pedro Guerrero is your first favorite Dodger from Raider rank. It's good to see Padres fans so emotional about the Dodgers. It's like an ex-girlfriend that wants to. Okay, EB, it's a family show, man. That's a bruh. Bruh. <laughs> That's a bruh. You're getting a double bruh. Bruh. Uh, the Dodgers sign Otani. Will the Dodgers keep Kershaw Showtime Dodgers fan? I think he's not the one you should be concerned about. It'd be Julio Arias who you'd be concerned about in that sense because you're talking about possibly spending $700 plus million in an offseason to get Otani and Julio Arias. I think Kershaw, he's going year to year. And I don't think you see him signing a contract for more than $20 million at this point. You're probably going to see $15 million with the $5 million in the signing bonus or incentives. And I think that's where he's at. But, uh, yep, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Dodgers Nation Post Game Show. Really Really appreciate you guys rocking with us here after the Dodgers get the dub. They get back on track. They win by a final score of 5-5. Five to five, Get back to 500 at 9-9. Nine nine. They're actually two games back of the Arizona Diamondbacks in the NOS. We got a couple more here. A couple walk. Give me some walk-off shots here. Any help the bullpen can get. Bullpen ERA is still one of the worst in the majors, BC. Yeah, they're right in the middle of the pack. Bruce Dar working on that breaking ball. What up, Don and Kim? Yeah, and that's pivotal, pivotal to his success. Trace Hayward season, all Bruce Dar needs is to use that slider. 
Uh, congratulations, Kirsch. You pitched a gem win for Vin. My favorite Dodgers is Toll. I'd be stoked stroking. Yeah, go watch the V. I did. I get printed the whole story of, of Andrew Tolls. Thanks for the best post game show every time. Thanks. Appreciate you, David. But thanks, guys. Rock with us. D-Mac never sleeps. That's a fact. Uh, LFG D-Mac, 82 wins might get us the division BC. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? But thanks, guys. As always, you know, I can stay in chat, talk Dodger baseball all night, but I got to eat a carne asada burrito. But thanks, guys. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at DMAC underscore LA. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Also, it's important to get those notifications on so you know anytime we're going live or we're dropping a new video. Tell your friends about the channel. would really appreciate that. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.